the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. W.H. Weiskarper, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiskarper, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Weiscarver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whyscarver.com. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program and continue with part two of a three-part series where I go one-on-one with all of the uh, candidates running for the Flint City Council in the election coming up in November. And uh, tomorrow wraps up that series. Uh, But this hour, I'm... uh, talking with the candidates in uh, one of the open seats on the Flint City Council from Ward 6 because uh, Council Member uh, Herb Winfrey decided not to run for re-election this time around. And uh, one of those candidates joins me now by phone, Claudia Perkins. Hi, Claudia. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, Claudia, now we've, we've talked before, and... I guess I'll just start out again by by raising this question about um, the negativity that surrounds the Flint City Council over meetings that run into the wee hours of the morning and and divisions that seem to prevent uh, getting things done, you know, in a timely manner. Why would you? want to put yourself out there and and into that when there are other things you can do to be helpful as you always have done well first of all this is my community 
and I love this community. I grew up here. I raised my family here. I look at the council and I shake my head because I'm in, it's an embarrassment to the city. It really is. They have to sit there and argue about race. They have to sit there and argue so much that they can't even get the business done for the citizens in Flint. So I feel like enough of us are running that could change the narrative and turn this, this situation around. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired, and that's what promoted a lot of us to run. You know, we want to see a positive change. And this is this is a, a little bit different uh, election cycle for the Flint City Council this time around. As I mentioned, uh, this seat that you're running for in the 6th Ward is an open seat. The 3rd uh, sure. Ward is an open seat because Santino Guerra decided not to run again. And... Yeah. Uh, in the uh, second ward, Maurice Davis didn't make it through the primary, so that has become an open seat. So there yes. are three out of nine open seats, and yes. yet out of in nine wards, and there are five write-in candidates. And usually, it's 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 fairly unusual to see even one write-in candidate. Do yes. you think that that the reason that there's there's all this activity surrounding this particular election cycle is that a lot of people want to see change? Yes. I, I think people are just fed up uh, with the way things are going. And I think, you know, we just need a positive change. We need some people that really care about the citizens in the city of Flint. And so many of us have just partnered up and talked. And some of us are helping each other, you know, in our respective uh, areas and we just want to turn Flint around because we remember what it used to be, you know, and we want to get back to what it used to be and even expound on that and make it better. Does the city have the resources to make that kind of a comeback? Well, with the money that uh, President Biden has given us, I think we can, it'd be a great start. I think so. Yes. How do you think Between that? that and what we have in the general fund and, you know. How do you think that money should be spent or invested that would uh, have the greatest effect long term? Because this is a one-shot one deal. One-time deal, yeah. Uh, first of all, I made, uh, well, I, I, I made a proposal that uh, we take the first 47 point whatever million and use it. Uh, use it to buy at least two uh, garbage trucks back so that we could build our own fleet up with each increment of that money that uh, President Biden uh, sent. So that would give us four, you know, and then we can just keep building, you know. I, I think that, that, and I think hiring more police in the areas, and I think, uh, of course, cleaning up this blight, you know, and uh, doing a few other things. It's, it's, it's a lot going on. I want a better school system in the city of Flint. And, bring, and people will start to, when they see this place cleaned up, because I believe we're the comeback kids, I think that we'll get more business and more people back in the community. There's a lot that can be done, you know, 
and uh, education education is an important issue in the city of Flint, and certainly yeah. the the Flint board is is having its challenges. Yeah. Um, and and although it's not really the purview of the Flint City Council, Claudia, what do you think the city council can do, maybe to help build up the tax base in Flint that would would ultimately make it possible for the Flint schools to be better funded and, and perhaps improve to the point where they can be part of a, um, a pledge to uh, um, people that are that businesses that might come into the area and create jobs that that things are are better in Flint. We need to. Uh, there are so many empty buildings in Flint. We need to check each of those buildings out, see if they're molded out and need to be torn down. And if not, if we can put some of that money that Biden sent into some of the schools, we ask that question. And and if we get the kids back and the population, the parents are going to come, of course, and we can do build uh, that up. We can clean this blight up and it will attract businesses. You know what I'm saying? We got so many things we can do. You know, people focus on what we can't do. We can't do this. We can't do that. I'm sick of it. What can we do? We can clean the blight up. We can, and because I went to Lansing and it was so clean and nice looking and it, it, it just drew me. So if it drew me, if we clean this place up, all these dilapidated buildings, burnt out, hanging all over the place, tear them down. Get rid of them. Charge the people that own this, these properties that don't live here, charge them, raise their taxes up. And, and, and then if they don't pay it, then confiscate them. And then let the people that live here be able to buy them. You know, there's a lot of people right now I know that have businesses, that want to start businesses. Allow some of these grants to help wake, wake the city up. And, and let new businesses come in here. You know, it's just so many things that we can do. I I also said I would love to see the, the council bring back the dollar houses because if you do that, there are stipulations that would help growth in this city. It would help our tax base. You know, it's like a lottery type deal, like a bingo. And right. and I'm, I was a recipient of one, and I raised in my house. And it was on Flint Park Boulevard. And I won the house. I had to bring it up to code. I had to have X amount of dollars in the bank. I had to live in the house. It had to be up to code. If we do things like that, we got to get innovative. Nobody's going to come in here and help us. We got to do some things and thinking outside of the box ourselves to get this place back where it needs to be. We're getting a new grocery store on the north end of Flint. Hopefully and prayerfully, that will work. Uh, Pastor Flynn was the head of that, and <clears throat> so there are some opportunities here. I also said that we need to get um, activities. I'm thinking about crime now. All this crime is because these kids, first of all, were not taught properly, so we're going back to the school thing. Secondly, they have no no outs, no activities, and so what what is their activity done? But if we put, like we used to have, 
on the north end, a movie theater, a bowling alley, a um, roller skating rink, a library. If we put those things back in place like when we grew up, those are activities. Instead of fighting and killing each other, they have out. You know, they have an outlet. That's what I'm talking about. Do you think that... And I'm tired... Oh, one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Home ownership. Home ownership. Get rid of all these apartment buildings. We want home ownership. Because when people own the homes, they take better care than somebody that's renting. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so you think that uh, that youth activities is should be a component in in efforts to um, break up the the crowds that are hanging around some of the convenience Correct. stores like Cheers Correct. Market and Club Sunoco and so on. Yes, yes. <clears throat> and another thing, Club Sunoco. Now, <clears throat> my opponent said she cleaned it up, but she's not in power. She has no authority. And I told um, the 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 uh, chief of police and the mayor what she said, and they both said she was a liar. The the police chief went on the news and said, and I'm quoting him. I told him I was going to padlock the place if they didn't get it together, so it calmed down some. You understand? And that's what happened. It calmed down some, but it's still not where it needs to be. I want to see a successful business right there. But what they were doing, they were letting, allowing rappers to come over there, which was drawing all these young people. And the uh, elderly were scared to go in the place. You know, it was just clustered. And then we had fights up there and all kinds of stuff. You know, so now it's a little calmer and, and a little better. But, um, you know, I'm part of a lot of groups, uh, Tom, like the Peacekeepers. And um, I'm with the Democracy Defense League. And we fight injustice all over the place with the water crisis because I'm an original water warrior. We do a lot of stuff, you know, and I want to see positive change. So in order to see it, you got to be part of it. And that's where, what I'm doing. I'm part of positive change. Yep. Claudia, I have to take a, a break here, but I want to talk with you uh, some more. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we sure, can talk a little sure. bit more? Great. Mm-hmm. My uh, my guest is Claudia Perkins. She is uh, running for a seat on the Flint City Council in the uh, open ward, Ward 6. That election is coming up in, uh, well, it's just just a tiny bit over a month away. So uh, it's, it's uh, I'm not going to say it's down to the wire, but for early voters, it's, it's coming up pretty fast. And uh, we're going to continue with my conversation with the uh, candidates for city council today. And tomorrow is uh, part three, and we'll look at wards seven, eight, and nine tomorrow. Uh, In the meantime, if you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM Flint, Our Voices Radio is a uh, broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House spectacle productions and my good friend paul herring and we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming us at tomsumnerprogram.com we have some messages as well so don't touch that dial don't click that mouse we'll have more with uh claudia perkins when we uh when we return from break we'll talk about that uh that campaign in the um 
sixth ward for Flint City Council. Again, that election coming up November 2nd. So stay tuned. We've got lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hornets. Dan Sterling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter. 
is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as I continue my uh, one-on-one conversations with councils, or with uh, candidates, rather, for the Flint City Council, that election coming up November 2nd, and we're talking uh, with candidates from the 6th Ward. Uh, Claudia Perkins is uh, with me by phone. Claudia, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. That's okay. My pleasure. Um, Claudia, we were talking about how... uh, People want change, and they're concerned. And the the big issues seem to be um, water and uh, blight and mm-hmm. public safety. Yeah. Um, do you agree that those are the the high priority items going forward uh, as perhaps the next uh, representative from the sixth ward? Yes, I do. Because I mean, I live right here in the neighborhood, and I hear. All the gunshots, and as soon as I hear them, uh, we were instructed by uh, the police chief. Uh, we have our good block club over here, and uh, they said as soon as we hear them, no matter what direction they're in, call so they can kind of get a pinpoint on the areas. And so that's what we do, you know. But, but of course, crime and blight and uh, the, the school thing is, is my, you know, that's number one. Those are my number one issues. Uh, I, I think if we have a strong school system, we'll build the community back up and, and this home ownership, you know, all of those things, they just, they're like cousins to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Claudia, during the last segment, we were talking about how there are going to be some new members on the, uh, on the Flint City Council, um, because of the open seats, like like the the seat that uh, you're running for is going to be mm-hmm. a new council person. There's going to be a new council person in the second ward, and uh, in the third ward as well, and maybe some others depending on how the election goes in November. Um, but what do you think it's going to take to get the the Flint City Council um, more organized and and to behave more professionally? Okay, I think, first of all, communication is key in anything. And prayerfully, we'll get the right people on the council. And then um, they need to understand that the city charter is the most important piece of legislation we have to run this municipality. Most people don't understand the charter. The charter is really in two parts. You have administration, which is the mayor. You have legislative, which is the council. <clears throat> the legislators, <clears throat> the council, they dictate where the money goes. Oftentimes you hear people say, well, I want the mayor to, to, to put the money here. He doesn't have that authority. He has the authority to administrate what the council says. They determine where the money goes. Those are the two factions that run this city. Now, that's who they should be talking to, the council. I mean, it's good to let the mayor, you know, have an idea of what they're thinking, but the decisions will come from the council, your negotiators. And I understand that very well because when I was a union rep at the highest level, I ran the Delphi plant, and they thought the president 
uh, power, but he was not. He was just the administrator that ran the union hall. We were the power, the negotiators. We were the shop committee, and I was one of the highest positions in the bargaining unit. So I understand the, the charter. Yes, based on my old job, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think uh, a strong communication and ethics and uh, uh, respect uh, and knowledge can turn that council around. I, for one, don't intend to go in there and spend the night there. They need to also chop some of those meetings down and maybe have a couple more days of meetings so they don't have to spend the night uh, till 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. It's ridiculous. You know, I remember the city council and how it worked years ago. Carl Bukowski, he's a brilliant attorney that was in the city of Flint. I used to work for him. He was the head of the council back then. I, I saw how uh, him and Harold Hayden, Fred Tucker, I saw Woody Etherly, I saw how they ran the place, you know. And, and it, it was a whole lot different and a whole lot better. And this city was booming, and, and majorly because of General Motors, but still, you still have the same uh, 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 ethics. If you have ethics and morals, you can do anything. But communication is key, and respect is at the top of the list. That's what will turn that council around. And, you know, it's interesting you suggest maybe uh, adding some days to the meeting schedule. I think one of the problems that the, the council has uh, organizationally, most organizations, uh, whether it's a nonprofit board or a union like you were involved in, you have committee meetings and then there are these, these you know, public meetings of, of the whole. And you're supposed to get the work done at the committee meeting so when the council That's meets correct. it's just checking off the uh, agenda items and and all of the debate has been had except for maybe some public input on the issue and right. it's um you know when they do all of the committee meetings on the same day it's ridiculous it well it it pushes they they don't get all their work done and they push the the council meeting back a little bit and then they end up going into the council meeting and continuing their arguments on these on these different issues so i think you might be onto something there claudia i uh, am i'm spot on what they need to do is really the council needs to be uh, receive their packets so they can read and understand what is going on that is the major thing if they get their information ahead of time they, it's their responsibility to sit there, read it, understand it. If they have issues, talk about it in their private meeting. And when they get to the point where the public comes in to speak on any one thing, they can zip through the uh, agenda and take care of the needs of the people of the city of Flint. And they're missing the point because all I hear is arguing, uh, uh, racial remarks, ignorance, you know, and they spend the whole time with that crap and never take care of the, the residents in the city of Flint. And it's time out for that. And well, I'm not going to be a part of that. So that means that we're going to have some positive change coming. That's why I'm happy about this empty seat, you know, uh, filled, being filled with new people, hopefully well, with brains. 
Well, Claudia, we have to uh, we have to wrap it up, but I I want to give uh, all of the guests an opportunity to let listeners know uh, where they can find out more about you and your campaign and so on. Claudia, do you have a website? Yes, uh, friends of Claudia Page, uh, uh, and also I have a hotline that I created, and the number is eight one zero four two nine three three one seven. And well, that's my uh, uh, my hotline number. Well, mm-hmm. Claudia, thank you so much for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. I appreciate it's it. It's always a pleasure with well, you. Well, best it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you, Claudia, and best of luck to you. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye. That was Claudia Perkins. She is one of the candidates that will appear on the November ballot for Flint City Council from the. Sixth Ward. We're going to take a uh, very short pause and uh, continue our conversation with uh, candidate Tanya Burns coming up next. Old Fashioned Radio for a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Armchair politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you're invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too. everybody we continue my one-on-one conversations with candidates for the Flint City Council with uh, another candidate from the uh, sixth ward that will appear on the ballot uh, November 2nd Um, Tanya Burns joins me by phone hi Tanya welcome back it's good to talk to you again it's good talking with you too Tom and good morning Um, Tanya you know I ask this of uh, political candidates all the time but especially for Flint City Council with all the negativity surrounding the city council with uh, meetings that go into the wee hours of the morning and don't seem to get accomplished what they were trying to do um what what 
makes you think um, that you want to be part of that or that you might be able to make a change in that? Well, I think it takes a little bit of insanity um, to if you if you <laughs> follow. Do, do your um, friends and family think you're a little bit nuts for running? <laughs> I, I, absolutely, Tom. They do, and I get <laughs> absolutely because it's grueling. The hours are long. Um, the breakdown in relationships with their with their colleagues. Um, the, the the amount of disrespect that they have. I mean, we do know that this current council cannot work together. And this council was supposed to be better than the last council. And, you know, people couldn't believe, I can't believe that it, 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 um, it's been worse. It, it got worse. So my reason for really running is that I don't believe that we leave everything um, to the people who we may deem dysfunctional or who cannot get along. We, we have to have people who want to get involved, who believe in change, and who believe they have something that they can add to that equation that will change this vicious cycle of dysfunctionalism. This election cycle for Flint City Council is a little different than ones in the past, um, partly because there are three open seats. Of course, as you know, this uh, Ward 6 that you're running in is an open seat, uh, Ward 3. Uh, and, and Ward 6 is open because uh, the incumbent, uh, Herb Winfrey, decided not to run for re-election. The same thing happened in the third ward. Santino Guerra decided not to run for re-election. And in the second ward, Maurice Davis, the incumbent, didn't make it through the primary. So there are three open seats. And out of the nine wards, there are five write-in candidates. And it's unusual to see even one write-in candidate. Um, do you think there are going to be enough changes in the city council to result in a more professional behaving body? Um, I do, Tom. I look at some of the people who are, are running, and I even look at the people who, who you know, are, are not running again. And it's just unfortunate that uh, we, we are losing maybe some good people. But we're also going to gain some good people. And, you know, I look at this council now, um, the current one, and we talk about, um, you know, what they could get done and what they couldn't get done. You know, together they, were, they, they weren't able to work together, but separately you can deal with them. And, and that's something that I, I just, they could never bring themselves to work together. But I look at what each candidate in each ward is doing, especially to those who back up to Ward 6, um, to where, you know, I'm looking at what they're doing. What are their projects? Um, are they, you know, adding something to the community? Are they, are they working now in the community? And I see some great things going on. I really do. I really and truly do. Um, I think it, it will change for the better. Um, I think it will be a more cohesive um, council. And it, but this has been a grueling, um, <laughs> a grueling election season also. Um, I, I think it's going to be better. I, 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 truly, I truly believe it. Some of the numbers came in close, but it will definitely be a change. And I think it will be a change for, for the better. In, in what ways do you think this uh, election cycle is, is being grueling? Uh, it, it, for me, it feels like it's been very long. Um, I ah. look at politics. These, the politics have been very nasty. Um, the, the 
desire to win has been um, for some candidates and people who aren't running, who, who they support, has been chocked full of, of lies, negative information, um, people trying to uh, steer the narrative of social media. Um, I think it's been negative, and it's been negative with people who don't even live in Flint but have a voice. Who are, are who are used their voices being used to change the narrative of people who do live and vote in Flint? It, it's been very negative, it, and it's it's constant. You have you're you're constantly putting out fires, and I've seen this with a lot of a lot of candidates. I, a lot of people are not judged on what they're doing, but they're being judged on you know people putting lies out there and saying if it's going to get some legs, walk and grow. And it's unfortunate because as much help. Or the, let's say the condition that Flint is in, Flint needs as much help as possible. And if they're not adding to Flint's positivity, then they're taken away from it in a negative way. And at this point, with the, the water crisis, we're, we're still not done. We don't have all the service lines fixed. And then the pandemic, I really don't have a patience or a tolerance for the people who are negative. We need positivity, good things in Flint good time. We, we, we have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Tanya, with all due respect, I, I want to share something that your opponent said uh, a little earlier this hour and give you a chance to comment on it because essentially she said you were lying when you took credit for having helped improve situation, uh, a situation going mm-hmm. on at Club Sunoco. Okay, and I'm going to say she's a liar. And it's a shame that she's used lying tactics. Um, Tom, the owner, um, his name is Tony. <laughs> I have known Tony for probably almost 15 years. Um, and I've worked with him. And there was the issue, well, we, we all knew with Sunoco. And the last time when um, there were shots that rang out a little after 2 a.m., I called into 911. And so did some other people. I reached out to Tony, and I told him, because Tony's business, one of his businesses is across from mine. And I told him, I said, look, this is ridiculous. He said, well, they're calling 911. I said, there is no they, Tony. I called 911. Not a secret. I called. I said, this is ridiculous. There are people walking around with assault rifles in your parking lot. It's on my Facebook page. So not only that, I documented it. You can get the news reports. You can talk to Ann Correct. You can talk to Bria Celeste. They interviewed me. They interviewed the people. What I did was met with him, his manager. But I talked with Tony all the time, frequently. I met with him. I got together the Black Club presidents, four of them. I got together Sharon Bradley, Glendale Hills. I called Mary Joyce Campbell, Ballinger Square. I called Kathy. And then I called uh, Michael. And I got them together along with Councilman Herbert Winfrey because he's the sitting councilman. And by the way, he has stated he is not only voting for me, he is supporting me, him and his wife, Linda. I called him, and I, I, we met at Ballinger Park. There's a news article and a report. I can't make that up. They were there with some of the residents. There were a few selective residents who were, who were active. We met at Ballinger Park. We met there. I, asked, I actually invited the police chief. Police chief Green did not show up. But Councilman Herbert Winfrey called him on the phone. So he was on the phone, and he had talked. He was talking with him. I wrote a three-point action plan for him, number one, because I knew the issues. 
I live two, two, three blocks away from Sunoco. And I talked to Tony. He said, Tony, there's a problem with enforcement. We call the police, nobody shows up. And I told him, I said, we don't have enough police. There's a shortage. That's not a secret. It's not a secret that it's a shortage. I said, well, you're going to have to, number one, you're going to have to hire out of your pocket a licensed security guard between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 p.m., 6 a.m. Secondly, you're going to have to make sure that loitering sign gets hung up and then make sure you keep a call log to make sure when you're calling in and put the times down that you know who's calling in, that you made that call and what time that they showed up. I said, Tony, and so I wrote it when I wrote that plan, and he was fine with it. He didn't say, he wants to keep his business open. At that time, they had had so many problems, they were threatening to padlock. I don't believe in doing reverse economic development. I just don't believe that. He spent, he said, almost $2 million for that building. It is the newest building that we have had built in the sixth ward in probably 40 to 50 years. So we need to make sure we kept that building open. Wrote the three-point action plan, and it worked. We don't have those problems. They're not in the parking lot um, hanging out, you know, like they used to. Those problems, you know, we, we don't have them. And also, because I used to work for City Hall, worked for the city of Flint, in that three-point action plan, he had to get his cameras reconnected to the Intel Center. They were not connected. And I did that. And we don't have to take my word. You can call Tony and, and uh, the owner who owns 30 different businesses, and he'll tell you. I mean, there had been a push. You know, they tried to get him to get something done. But, well, well I'm not going to say that. They actually, their, their, their solution was padlock him and close at 11. He did not get padlocked, and he's not closing at 11. Simple well, as that. Tonya, I didn't, I, I didn't want to dwell on this, but I did want to give you an opportunity to respond because no, I of what was said. And, and, and unfortunately, Claudia Perkins does not tell the truth. And this is what I say. She needs to run on what she's done in the community. And she knows. She knows that, you know, and this was the community. I brought together the block club president. And I would, she shouldn't lie on something that you can prove. Go to ABC 12. It's on there. Go to MidMichigan now. It's on there. I brought the community together to tell him what their issues were, and we convened, and they fixed the issue. And that's how we have to fix the issues. You know, we have to come together because what, what works for one side may not work for the other side. And then we have to move forward. And, and it's unfortunate, you know, I, and I did not hear her, her show prior, um, but it's unfortunate that, that she would say that. that that's, that's very saddening because... There's so much good work to be done in Flint, and she should be focusing on that. Well, I, tr I try to, to manage these conversations on the show so that they're forward-moving and, and about, you know, not what have you done, but what will you do, uh, you know, a little of each, and, and I try to keep it sort of balanced, and I try to stay away from those those back and forth. Uh, oh, yeah, know, I agree. Which yeah. is why I like to do the one-on-one the -on -one interviews. Um, Tanya, I have a break coming up here in just a moment. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some Absolutely. more? Because I want to talk about some of the uh, some of the other aspects of of the campaign and the city council and and what's good for Flint. Um, if you're listening to us on WFOV ninety two point one LPFM Flint, 
Uh, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in and, uh, or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we'll return and talk some more with Tanya Burns, a uh, candidate for Flint City Council from Ward 6. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions and you know the material and you, and you care about it and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. 
For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue my one-on-one conversations with uh, Flint City Council candidates. We're talking with a uh, candidate from Ward 6, Tanya Burns. And, uh, Tanya, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. <laughs> no problem. You're, uh, your com- commercials are very jovial. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and speaking of uh, being jovial, in the last segment, you said something about looking at some of the activities of the the candidates and incumbents in the wards that that border up against the uh, sixth ward that you hope to represent, and you thought you you were seeing some some very positive things and it makes me wonder when you look at the Flint City Council with all the negativity that surrounds it. Um, I, I wanted to give you a chance to maybe give a little bit of an assessment. What's good, what's bad about the uh, current Flint City Council, and what do you hope it will look like after November? I think after November, um, I mean, we have some work that we know that, that aren't going to, you know, the changes may not, you know, things may not change at the person sitting in that seat. But what I hope to see is that I look at the skill set that other um, people are bringing in. So I'm glad that there's different. We have people bringing in um, who are very community. They're, they're working on blight. Um, they're working on community projects. They're writing grants for their, for their wards. Um, we have people who are working with, with children because that school system is also suffering. Um, so we look at all these, these, I look at what they're doing, what they're bringing to the table. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited because it's like, hey, you know, with some of the people, let's talk about, you know, if I'm so duly elected, we can work together to bring something something good. If you have a skill set in, in this part and my skill set is in um, more like policy procedure and, you know, then we, we're bringing a different skill set to, to help move Flint forward in the positive way. And a lot of the things that I work on, which I work with, you know, with crime, blight, um, economic development, um, and then I'm out there in the community. And I'm looking at others who are duplicating that. And it's like, okay, let's don't rewrite the playbook. Let's combine our playbooks and, you know, make it greater for Flint. And I think it's, I think it's going to be good. Um, I'm hoping, you know, we, we, we push those good candidates through. And even some of, some of I think we have enough positive people, you know, that are on there, that it's going to pull the other ones up. 
And I think it's going to change. And, and that is my hope and belief. I mean, I've been working really hard in my ward, and I, I, I believe that the people who voted for me to push me through um, believe and know that my commitment is to the sixth ward and that my commitment is to make sure that uh, Flint is, is a greater whole is improved. And that's what it's about. You know, whoever sits in that seat has a responsibility to do what, number one, the constituents in their ward ask them to do, but then to work cohesively with the group to improve Flint as a whole and to bring some positivity. And I like to I look at what people have done. You know, my phone rings now, Tom, almost 24-7. So I go out to dinner, people saying, you know, I hate your phone, Tanya. You know, your phone's always <laughs> ringing. <laughs> they do, you know. You're like, I need to make an appointment or I'm out here and we're we're here with you and your phone because we have very real issues. You know, we have issues like we had in, in the community. And I post my page, Facebook page, is Tanya Burns. Look on my page. See my commitment. Look at the news articles. Look at the media. I'm out there. I go door to door and some of the other candidates have went actually with me. We went knocking doors. Um, with the Michigan State Police, with members of the Sheriff's Department and members of the Flint Police Department to help solve murders and crimes. We worked with them, went door to door. You know, we had a rat-infested home, and I know the difference between rats and mice. It took five years. I was able to get that home and the illegal squatter removed. So we, we talk about, you know, and then, yes, I wrote the three-point action plan for Sunoco. Yes, I did. I can't forget that one. I did that. You know, working in our community, I work with the blight cleanups. You know, I, do, I mentor young girls because one thing which is I've seen, we have seen um, or seeing is young girls who are getting into these sites. And a lot of the sites is what we were seeing at, um, unfortunately, Sunoco. And I'm, I've never seen that, the aggressiveness. I mentor young girls. I've been doing this for like six, seven years. So I'm very true to this with not only being a mom of three, but, you know, seeing what our community needs and meeting the needs and not just saying, oh, they need to stop that. I'm getting involved for them to stop it. I mean, that Tanya, is something that's important. Uh, the um, city council has uh, received $47 million uh, from President Biden's uh, uh, rescue plan. And there are a number of different ideas on how that money might be spent. But how do you think it should be spent or invested in a way that will help establish uh, Flint on a, on a path toward a comeback? There's a couple of ways. Uh, we have not, the money has been there in Flint's account since May 19th, and it's emergency money. Um, a lot of the cities uh, have already made a plan to, to use the money. Flint has not made a plan yet, and we have another uh, $47 million that's going to be deposited. Um, I would like, now there's within the, the guidelines specifically that we can use that money, and one of them is for the pandemic. One thing they said with all of the, the crime that we've had, um, you can use that for policing. So I would like to see a portion of that to use an aggressive hiring campaign because our police are low. We had 61 murders in 2020. We've had 53 homicides so far this year. So we're on a trajectory to reach even higher than that. I would like to have those numbers low. When people say, oh, it's all over everywhere. No, they don't have any homicides in Grand Blanc. No, they don't have any homicides in Fenton. So when we look at everywhere, I'm looking at what's outside of the connecting borders to Flint. 
we have to do a better job. Our police department needs some help. We need a, a, a national hiring campaign to get some good qualified people in here and wrap around services that meet the needs. We, Flint, like I said, Flint is uniquely different coming from a water crisis to a pandemic to 40 something percent people living in poverty, poverty, and then job loss. We got a lot of work to do here in Flint. And I'd like to see that money go towards small businesses with economic development, giving them the support that they need. And we, even if we're doing it more in like many grants, so they don't have to pay that back. And also, like I said, policing. So there's a lot of good things that we can do to help the families in the city of Flint and help our residents. But sitting on that money and not spending it does not show the federal government that we are in need. We are in need, and we should have had a plan to how we're going to spend that money responsibly so that when we get that second state, that second drop, that they'll say, okay, Flint, Flint's on the ball. Flint's not looking on the ball because we haven't prepared a plan, nor have we spent a dime of the first drop that's been in there since May. You know, Congressman Kildee said, spend that money, you know, and, and be creative was his words when Congressman Kildee said that. You know, because he's going to make sure, you know, he's going to get us more money, you know, if, it, if it's a possibility. We, we, we got to, you know, we got to do a better job at planning. Well, Tanya, we have to wrap it up there, but thank you for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. And as you know, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign. You want to share that information again? Yes, Tom, absolutely. Um, first of all, I, I like to have people to go because my life, I'm transparent. Um, go to my Facebook page, uh, Tanya Burns on Facebook, um, or you can contact me. I give out my number. Like I said, my phone, your, your council person should be reachable. My number is 810-919-5885. I want people to call them. we got issues, let's work together to fix them. There's a lot of good things that we can do for Flint and get in some good trouble. And I appreciate your, you letting me on your show, Tom. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Tanya. It was great talking with you again, and I look forward uh, perhaps to the next time that we talk. And uh, thanks again. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Tom. You have a magnificent day. Take care. That was Tanya Burns. She is a candidate for a seat on the Flint City Council from Ward 6. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program, Part 2 of our uh, of my one-on-one -on -one conversations with the candidates for Flint City Council. We had uh, Wards 4, 5, and 6 today on our three-hour tour. Tomorrow we take another three-hour tour with Wards 7, 8, and 9. And uh, I've uh, gone... I've tried to make sure that we uh, that we include everyone who's running on and off the ballot. Um, this morning I had to substitute a, a previous interview for Kate Fields because of some wrangling that she got into with the city council. She canceled her appearance this morning, but I played the interview from uh, when she was here during the primary. Anyway, that's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories, which means I'm heading down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program and Part 3 of the One-on-One -on -one with City Council Candidates. Good night, everybody. Live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show. 
and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.